Hey, it's Richie, and before we start the show, we have a brand new sponsor here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And if you're outside of the state of Arizona, right now, go to your phone, download the DraftKings app now, and you can use the promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Of course, DraftKings not quite legal in the state of Arizona. So, for our out-of-state listeners, we want you to take advantage of this deal. Because, of course, UFC is coming up this weekend. Conor McGregor returns to the Octagon against Dustin Poirier. It's a massive matchup. And DraftKings wants to give our non-Arizona listeners a free shot at millions of dollars. And if you haven't tried it yet, it's pretty easy. You're just going to pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points And you can do it all at DraftKings, DraftKings DraftKings.com. Go download the app if you're outside of the state of Arizona. Promo code THPN. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores, and I'm going to play the music on time this time. (laughs) And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, it's nice talking to you all again. Richie and I are currently re- recording while watching the second period of the second game. Um, the Coyotes are playing against the Knights. Um, I, I had a long day, so I've been pretty tired. But uh, Richie just played our intro music a little too early and scared the crap out of me. So I think I might be awake now, y'all. So uh, before we get into... Uh, what we saw in this first period and the game before. Um, as always, I have to introduce my wonderful and amazing co-host, who I couldn't do the show without, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I'm doing wonderful. We are recording this, as you said, during the Golden Knights-Coyotes game there in Vegas, game two of the four-game series. And we are doing it, of course, on Wednesday night, January 20th, which is, of course the inauguration date for our new president and vice president, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I must say, Corey, I watched all the festivities today, or at least most of them. But the coolest part of the entire day was, yes, we have a new president, which is great and cool. Good luck to Joe Biden. I hope he does great things, obviously. But the fact that we have a female vice president, to me, was still the coolest thing about today. Like, that's the thing I was like, man, that's cool. We get to say Madam Vice President for the first time in our entire nation's history, like, like, man, I'm proud of this country today, and that's a good thing. And not only a female, a female of color as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, how dope is that? It's it's so awesome to see it, as especially as a female. It's very it was it was very emotional this morning to see her get sworn in and uh, to see her get sworn in by Sonia Sotomayor. It was it was just really cool. I really enjoyed it. And um, we all get to be a part of history. I mean, how cool is it in the fact that, you know, through the the course of our lives, we've gotten to see the first black president and the first female of color vice president. That is really cool. And we have been able to um, be a part of history in both of those. And I'm pretty sure 
Hillary Clinton made history when she ran for president as a female as well, correct? She was the first uh, nominee, or pres- female presidential nominee, yes. So think about how much history we have got to live through. And, um, you know, in, in our, my 26 and your almost 30 years on, on this planet, we've gotten to experience some really cool shit. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of, it's like the perfect way to kind of encapsulate a country that is still very divided right now, but we can still be proud of something in Kamala Harris. And to see, you know, I was watching CNN earlier and they had a couple of her classmates um, from her sorority on and they were talking to talking to them and see how proud her alma mater was Howard University which is an HBCU historically black college and university rang their their bells 49 times because she's the 49th vice president of the United States a lot of people should be very proud today and one last thing about the inauguration before we move on I don't know if you were able to see Amanda Gorman's poem today or watch her read her poem today. What an impressive young woman she is. She's 22 years old. She overcame a speech impediment when she was younger and even on into her teenage years. And she got there on that stage today and owned it. And her poem was beautiful, beautifully written. It was amazing. It was probably my favorite part of the inauguration ceremony itself. And I, I'm so excited to see, like, watch her future. She was on CNN with Anderson Cooper a little bit earlier for an interview. And I haven't had a chance to watch the interview yet, but I want to. It's getting great reception. Um, but if you haven't watched her poem yet, it's about six minutes long. And it's one of the most beautifully written things I've heard in a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to actually, I think it was funny because I... I was kind of bummed out in the moment, but I, I actually think I got to um, experience it in the coolest way possible. So I was driving to work. So I initially heard it um, on uh, the CNN station on my Sirius XM. And then I got into work and then watched the video on Twitter. And I actually thought it made it cooler to just hear her not see her and then to see her give it it just you you got to experience it in one layer and then you got to experience it in a whole nother layer on top of it it was um it was really cool i really enjoyed it so it was it was good enough that i listened to it twice so um yes i definitely recommend listening to it um one of the interesting things i heard about it was the fact that um she had um she was halfway through her poem on the 6th when um all of those people uh stormed the capitol so she was halfway through it and had to change stuff because obviously that was a, a massive moment um leading up to this inauguration and so she needed to change it accordingly and and i think the biggest thing that she said and a, a lot of what people said today and uh, that we can all kind of appreciate no matter which side of all this you're on um, is that no matter what, like as a nation, we are not, we're not perfect. 
um, if there's anything we've learned through all of this, it's it's that we are not a perfect nation, but we um, are a great one because of the fact that we're constantly growing and evolving and trying to become the best version of ourselves that we can. And um, I think that's a great life lesson, not only for a country, but for people in general is um, no one's perfect. But as long as you're always striving to be the best person that you can and that you're constantly always evolving and growing and, and learning from things in life, it's always a great path to be on. And um, I, I think it was very beautiful today that we got to hear that from her speech and from basically everyone else's today as well. Let me read one particular section of the speech that you were referring to. She said, we've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. Where do you, where do you want to start? Should we start with tonight's game or, or Monday's game? Um, why don't we talk a little bit about tonight's game since that's going to be a little bit shorter because we've only seen um (laughs) the first period and you know it's what 13 34 left in the uh the second here so we we're only a third of the way through um this game so i feel like we can probably get through the first period and not much has happened in the second one so um so far so we can get through the first one first and then we can kind of dive into the previous game because there's backwards. a little bit more to that uh, well yeah so we are it's a uh, second period about halfway through Kyrie's running out shot 15 to 7 right now Darcy Kemper gave up a goal in the very first shot of the hockey game by the Golden Knights on a goal by Shea Theodore the so far this game has been kind of much of the same from what we saw of the Coyotes in the third period of Monday night's game which is just not a lot of juice in their in their legs, not a lot of juice in the offensive zone, some lazy plays in the defensive zone that cost them a couple goals, and they've already taken a couple penalties too, albeit they are two for two on the kill, and which has been the best part of these two games is the Coyotes are perfect on the penalty kill against the Golden Knights, which is wild. And uh, and I think what we're seeing here over the course of these two games, Corey, is kind of what we expected which is just that the Vegas Golden Knights are just they have so much more talent than the Coyotes it's it's really showing up. Well, I, I think there's a there's a tad bit of laziness in there as well. Um and a little bit of them them ending the last game with very low momentum and so they're kind of carrying it into this game but but one of the problems is <laughs> one of the things one of the main players that brings you momentum on this team is Darcy Kemper and um, in the fact that they have been screening him all night so far like those two goals were almost identical in the fact of where you know one of them was shot from the side one of them wasn't but um, in this in both of them he was being screened and literally was basically taken out of the equation so when you have a top goaltender who is going to keep you in these games but he can't even see the puck coming towards him you can't really add him in as a factor and that's been the complete problem with the two goals that have been scored so far and so as as a player you have to make sure that your goaltender can see because 
that's what's going to be keeping you in these games where you're either looking flat or lazy and they they have been looking pretty flat throughout this game um and so why you would allow it to happen a second time after it happened the first time you know you should be able to learn from those mistakes um we always say a lot of times that the coyotes make very young mistakes um but that just gets very tiresome after a while you have to be able to learn from what what you failed on previously or it's going to keep screwing you over and clearly they found out that it worked and so they just keep basically pushing along with it and yeah if you go back to the first goal that vegas scored i think you're right in that it's it's kind of set the tone for this game kind of like and you mentioned this on twitter core i believe during Monday night's game too, which is after Vegas got that first goal from Max Pacioretty, that was kind of the thing that flipped that game around because it just gave the Knights a oomph and it got them back within a goal and that really set them, basically kind of lit a fire under their ass and got them back in that game and they ended up winning. And I kind of feel the same way about this one where Cowardies in the first three or four minutes of the of, of tonight's game were okay. Like they, they went through all four of their, their lines and – and they were the team in the offensive zone for the first three and a half minutes of the game. But then as soon as Vegas got that goal from Shea Theodore, and it was kind of a – they had a turnover in behind Darcy Kemper on that. And then you had a couple – and Tyson Ash did a great job of pointing this out on the broadcast. You had a couple forwards who were standing still in the defensive zone who, were, who weren't paying attention to the two defensemen behind them that they're supposed to be covering. And it led to a wide-open easy goal. And that set the tone for the game so far, at least here for the first period and a half. And unfortunately, the Coyotes just haven't been able to find that same tenacity that they had through the first two periods of that first game, right? Like, we saw a Coyotes team in the first two periods in that game against uh, on Monday that just was playing some of their best hockey in the entire Rick Tockett era. They were stifling the Golden Knights. Every single puck that was loose, the Coyotes were on top of. They were tenacious in the offensive zone. Connor Garland was a wizard with the puck continuously as he is. They had a shorthanded goal. They had a power play goal. It was a perfect encapsulation of what the Coyotes can do offensively when they're rolling, but it seems like Kind of like what we saw, you know, against Colorado to an extent. And all of last season, too, back in that first game, they just, for whatever reason, they just more or less stopped playing in the third period, right? To where we continue to talk about it. I feel like we talk about it on a regular basis, which is this Coyote team, when they're good, they're good through 40 minutes. But for whatever reason, they just can't finish the game. They can't. Right, They can't either finish the game or they can't finish off their scoring chances. And that's kind of the – I feel like that's the Rick Tockett era in, in, in a nutshell. Yeah, and I mean, the, they started – I had tweeted out from last game that they were up, uh, and I think it was at the beginning of the second period-ish, that they were up 20-8 to eight on shots on goal. They were completely dominating that game. They, ha- they came out strong and they came out fast. And I had said – and I, and I wish I hadn't said it because I knew what was coming was how long can they sustain this? That is one of the biggest problems with the Coyotes is they will look like a great team that will come out really strong and really aggressive, which is kind of how you need to be with Vegas because they are always a very aggressive team. They're very quick and very aggressive in the fact that like even when it comes to their penalty kill, 
it almost once once the uh, the air got out of the coyotes it basically looked like um they were moving at half the speed vegas was when they were on the power play because of the fact that everything that vegas does is very strong very quick very aggressive so when the coyotes were matching that it, it was almost intimidating and it looked like they were um, I had seen someone like tweets saying that they were skating circles around them. I wouldn't say they're skating circles around them, but it, it appeared that way because of the fact that they came out so fast and so hard. Um, as I thought, it, it wasn't really sustainable. They had a very terrible um, power play, which led to a change in momentum. And from there, it kind of started to crumble. You started seeing them making very lazy plays, very sloppy passes. And it really just kind of started to go downhill from there. And it's very frustrating because that was one of the things that's, um, God damn it. Uh, see, this is a problem when we, when we record while watching a game, I just now watched a third goal. Um, but so, um, one of the things that Armstrong had talked to the, the, the top players, that he had figured were the top players when he first came in, he had zoom conversations with them. And one of the things he talked about was the fact that as a team, they do very poorly um, coming back in games that they are behind on. They it's, they tend to just succumb to the fact that they are behind and then crumble. They don't really uh, buck up and really go after <laughs> after that game they kind of just give up on it and that's what we're seeing here again and it's so hard because of the fact that we saw in the first you know 30 minutes of that first game what the coyotes are capable of and the fact that they th these small changes that armstrong made to this lineup really have made a difference and that they do have that talent it's just not sustainable for them and as we've always said before they need to play a full 60-minute hockey game, and they need to be consistent, and that's not what we're seeing. And this game that we're watching tonight, Corey, is the epitome of consistently inconsistent because as you were talking there, like you said, Vegas has a 3 nothing lead now. Terrible turnover by, I believe it was Lawson Kraus in the neutral zone, and Vegas easily, peasily comes in, create Mark Stone one-on-one -on -one with Darcy Kemper, and and makes Darcy Kemper look dumb and uh, puts home a goal to go up 3 nothing. How much of this this stretch, these last two, you know, two games or so, do you attribute to Oliver Ekman-Larsen being out of the lineup? Because I, I – that's not all of it, but I feel like at least a little bit of it is. to not When you're missing your captain like that, especially coming off of the game he, he came off of, I feel like throwing a wrench into your lineup like that so early in the season – could be one of the things that we're seeing might be the issue here on the, especially tonight more so than anything. Um, do you do you think that that missing OEL here it might be a a little bit of a reason for why we're we're seeing the Coyotes struggle here in the third period and, and in this game tonight? Yeah, I actually do. I do think that uh, that has something to do with it. I I think it's definitely anytime difficult, like you said, when your uh, captain is out. But I also believe that. Uh, Capo Bianco, at least in that first game that I watched, didn't play to the caliber that OEL would have played if he were on the ice. So I, I, I think 
some of those small di differences in the play itself too also um, would make a big change. So yeah, I definitely think OEL being gone is contributing to some of it. It's definitely not the core of the problem. It's there's a lot of things that need to be kind of shoved through these guys' head. Um, it's not, I don't necessarily think it is a, a team issue or a playing issue. I feel like it is a, la is, it's a mental issue. It's a lack of synchronicity amongst the team and it's a confidence issue. They came in to this game looking okay and then as soon as they were down they just kept crumbling and this is the situation that they always get into sorry i was just watching someone break their stick um but this is the situation that they always get into and they dig themselves deeper and deeper in and they just can't pull themselves out of these holes that they get themselves in and you have to wonder what's it going to take for this team to do this because this is like I said in our previous podcast, the biggest test is going to be them against these teams like this that are really strong teams. Ooh, goal. Um, <laughs> and so I feel like I'm the person going, oh, squirrel. Um, but uh, it's going to take something, a switch to be flipped in these players in order for them to be able to sustain um, to sustain the, their pressure throughout these entire games against teams that are this strong because you can't, in a shortened season like this, blow four games to the Golden Knights. We've said before that we really would like this to go two and two, and with the way that they're playing right now, it is going to go 0 and 4, and I am not looking forward to that because that is not a playoff contending team. That's eight points down the drain right there. And I, I mentioned this in a video I did somewhat recently where these first 10 games, 12 games of the season are important because that's when you need to really start to get build up as many points as you possibly can early on in the season because, you know, I, I brought it up the, the stat a couple times before about basically the quarter pool of the NHL season most years, which would be about the Thanksgiving break, 75% of those teams in playoff spots at the quarter point of the season make it into the playoffs. And in a shortened season, I feel like by the time you get those first 12 games, you know, out of the way and you're uh, you're you know 20 plus percent of the season down and you're struggling and you blow four games against the Golden Knights like this, you're putting yourself in a hole that it's going to be really tough to get out of. Granted, after this, you know, we have some games against the Anaheim Ducks who haven't been playing that well, beat up on the San Jose Sharks, obviously, and looked really good against them. So you still have a chance to beat up on some of the teams that are behind you, which is nice, but anytime you can take advantage of and basically steal points or at least hang tight with a team like the Vegas Golden Knights early on in the season, it's going to pay dividends later on. Corey, you mentioned Nick Schmaltz's goal there. Um, that's the one thing I want to see the rest of this game at least is I want to see like, and you mentioned it I think early, just a little bit ago, you said, you know, you just want to see this team kind of, and Bill Armstrong's on the same thing. You want to see a team that fights to get back in games. Yeah. You're down three, nothing, but don't quit. And they started doing that here by getting that goal to make it three to one and keeping themselves in the hockey game at least. And 
I want to see that. I want to see the Coyotes get at least one more goal here. I want to see Darcy Kemper start to make some saves and keep this a, a three-goal game for him and try and get his team back in the game. But, uh, you know, there's still there's still 15 minutes, or actually a, there's five minutes left in the second period as we're watching it. But um, that's what I want to see out of this team. And then, of course, the Coyotes are back home for two games against the Golden Knights um, coming up this weekend. So... We mentioned we wanted to keep this short, Corey. So I think it's it's time for some random shit. Do you agree? I am totally fine with that. I uh, it, this might be an interesting random shit for me because of the fact that I am watching the game, so it's going to um, hit me differently than usual. But I I will throw this out there, and I'm really hoping that this is the the case. Is one of the the things that the Coyotes tend to do. It's like we said, they can't play a full 60 minutes of hockey. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they do the complete opposite of what they did last game, where they will start out really shitty and then come back really strong. So that goal might end up pushing them into a strong uh, last period here. So we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping that's the case. You all will know by the time you listen to this. I don't know as of right now. That's a, that's a good point. Just like that Vegas goal on Monday got them kickstarted. Maybe that Schmoltz goal is the, the goal that kickstarts the Coyotes in this game and gets them back in the game later on as it goes on. Okay, so my first story tonight is from Gwyneth Paltrow of Iron Man fame. So you know that Gwyneth Paltrow has her own line of weird shit called Goop? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, well, a Gwyneth Paltrow candle didn't pass the smell test, according to a report. A This Smells Like My Vagina candle that the actress pedals on goop exploded into flames in the living room of a UK woman who won the product in a quiz. The candle exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. She said there was an inferno in the room. Could have burned the whole place down, she says. <laughs> Wait, the candles called this smells like my vagina? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Wow. So uh there there's so many jokes. It's seventy five dollars for this stupid candle? It's seventy five dollars? Yes. Pepper Potts, what are you doing with yourself? $75 candle that smells supposed to smell like a vagina. Okay, first it doesn't of all, it doesn't n- smell like a vagina. Let's just get that out of the way. Let me explain what it <laughs> This candle it the, I was going to say the name of it is this smells like my vagina. Which yeah, which it doesn't. Like I could yeah. It says here that this candle started as a joke between perfumer Douglas Little and Gwyneth Paltrow. The two were working on a fragrance, and she blurted out, Ugh, this smells like a vagina, but evolved into a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent that turned out to be perfect for a candle. Ugh, this smells like a vagina. This is this is about as, uh, makes about as much sense as, um, what was that clip from the Kardashians that went around for a long time about how they would, like, down a bunch of pineapple juice so that that area would like i think taste like pineapple um i feel like that has the same type of vibes um i'm glad that 
a scent that smelt like vagina ended up smelling good after a while. So I'm glad it doesn't smell like vagina. That's that's at least good. Um, but the fact that it exploded, what have you put in this candle to make it explode? I'm trying to figure out if there's an explanation as to why it went boom. But I don't see any explanations. I'm very confused. Maybe it was just user error. Maybe she lit it up too much. But how? I don't know. People are stupid, Corey. That's the, my best explanation. That it's is true. Oh, I want to give a shout out to Connor Garland almost constantly getting in fights. That man is giving more effort than the, the whole team combined. He's having, yeah, he's having an incredible season. And it's continuing tonight. Alright, I got one more here. Now, as you know, Arizona has legalized marijuana in the last election. There was a story out this week that said they're going to try and fast track it so that there would be, it would be, product would be available to the general public uh, in three months. So like by April or May. And that's the preface for this story here, which is a cannabis activist group called DC Marijuana Justice plans to offer weed gift bags to those who get the COVID-19 vaccine in the nation's capital. We are looking for ways to safely celebrate the end of the pandemic and we know nothing brings people together like cannabis. The press release dubbed the initiative Joints for Jabs. The group plans to hand out free ganja baggies at Washington, D.C. vaccination sites, both to commemorate what is hopefully the beginning of the end of the coronavirus pandemic and as an advocacy for both reefer and getting vaccinated. Okay, so the, the first thing I got to say is that's really funny because the joke I wanted to make while, you're, um, while you were saying it was going to be um, people should start ma making bets that are in their like 20s or whatever um, on whether they are going to get the vaccine first or if they're going to be able to buy uh, legal recreational weed first. So that was going to be my joke. So that's really funny that that's why that's what they're doing. And second of all, DC has been just killing it with their like... Um, themed things with everything that's going on like they had an alcoholic drink that was in like a, a IV bag and it was called a Fauci pouchy <laughs> um, a friend of ours um, uh, works it works with people in Congress and so since he lives up there I've been seeing all sorts of stuff he's got like he just got some Kamala Harris themed uh, whiskey they have been just like living off of all of the stuff that's been going on and been doing all sorts of themed things. Uh, good for DC. They're just, uh, it's been a shit show and they've been kind of just making jokes all the way through it to try and survive, I think. I agree. I think they should make DC a state. I'm just going to put that out there. It's going to piss a lot of people off, but do it anyway. They deserve it. There's like, they have more people in Washington DC than I believe like some entire states do and yet and they get no representation in Congress but yet 
like Montana gets two fucking senators. But anyway, that's well, a, that's, a, that's the thing is someone's going to come at me for saying this, but I don't see why not. Honestly. I don't know what the process is for state making. I don't, I don't know who has to say what, I don't know if it goes to the Senate, the house. I have no idea. Like I know constitutional amendments, you need two thirds in each house and you need all the states to sign on state legislatures to sign on. But there you go. PSA, make DC a state. Do the same thing with Puerto Rico, too, if they want. But anyway, that's the end of our political talk, everybody. Stay tuned for Corey and I's political podcast coming to you soon. Uh, anything, yeah. else, anything, anything else before we go? Uh, if there is, like, a, a little political thing about, like, Puerto Rico, um, it, it would have been nice in the, the fact of they didn't really get much aid after the hurricane and it, it mm-hmm. took a long time and it's because they are a, a territory but yeah i don't know a lot of that processes so um yeah i probably wouldn't be the greatest political commentator because the the nitty-gritty i do not know if you want to go into the whole freedom of speech and and all of the you know first amendment all that stuff Richie and I can talk about that. We went to journalism school for four years. We can actually do that one. So that's the one that I always try and like stick to because that's the one I know. <laughs> the uh, Coyotes just got robbed of a goal by uh, Zach Whitecloud, who literally picked the puck out of midair with his glove and batted it down. So no goal for the Coyotes as they wind down here in the second period, apparently on the power play too. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. It's a short one tonight. As Corey said, she was uh, rolling with her NPR voice tonight. So, uh, Corey, thanks for, thanks for braving through your, uh, after a long, long day for you today. I appreciate you, uh, continuing to do the show late tonight. At, it's 9.38, so I hope hopefully Ish and Dunn don't get pissed at us for sending in the show late, but <laughs> oh well, that's what you get. All right, uh, one last word, Corey, before we go. I know I said that already, um, but go ahead. Thank you for uh, working with me through all of this, Richie, and, um, and I'm so glad that I, I've tried to add inflections into my voice, but I'm so glad that my tired voice has now become the NPR voice amongst like all of our friends because... It just it makes me feel better about it, and uh, it, it makes it seem kind of cool. So I appreciate the fact that you all call it my NPR voice now. You're listening to National Public Radio. This is American Life. I think that's the name of the show. Good night and good hockey, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday. What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes. We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steez brand snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys, 
all the way down to artists who are unsigned, where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out Bar Down Breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts, brought to you exclusively by the Hockey Podcast Network.